0: Thanks for checking out the Renew Life Church podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that today's message encourages you. Super, super glad you're with us today. So we just believe that uh, you're not here on accident. You say, well, I was actually looking for another church. No, you really weren't. God wanted you here. This is where you're supposed to be. So anyway, we're going to jump right in. I've got a lot of, uh, a lot of things I want to cover today. Uh, so if you got your Bibles, you can turn to Luke chapter 2. Uh, today we're actually starting uh, our series. We do this every year, and this time we're starting our family tune-up series. And uh, it was one of those things that couple, several years ago, uh, I just kind of it, it just got stuck in me. in fact I'll tell you how it kind of got stuck in me. In fact, it was 2010. Uh, I was working for another church, and um, I was a campus pastor actually here in Midland. How many of you guys were a part of Believers' Way in Midland, way back in the day. Look at there. We got a few still, still hanging around. Uh so we, we, I, was a, I was the director of development for all of our campuses at the time. In fact, in 2010, I don't think I was the pastor there. I'm, I'm not really sure, but I think I was the director of development. And um, anyway, I got charged. Our pastor's wife said, look, we need to start meeting the needs of our people, whatever their needs are, not just preaching messages, but actually meeting their needs. What are the things that they need the most help with? So I did some research, and it was overwhelming that the three things people wanted and needed the most help with were marriage, parenting, and finances. Raise your hand if, you, if you're in one of those areas where you need help in marriage, parenting, or finances. Yep, that's kind of what I thought. And uh, so we, we started this series, uh, we started doing this series actually every year. In fact, I don't repeat, to my knowledge, I don't know if I've ever repeated a series uh, in this church other than this one. And we do it every year uh, at, in, at this time of year because summer's over, our kids are back in school, we're trying to get back in the swing of things. And summer just does something weird to your family. Like, you have your kids more than you usually do, and you start wondering why you had them in the first place. <laughs> Anybody else? Like, I got so used to someone else keeping my kids five days a week. I'm like, this is kind of nice. So it, just, it does a lot, even financially. Uh, you're, you got summer vacations, and so finances start getting kind of whacked out. And when finances are a little tight and your kids are around, how many you guys know your marriage can be like, uh-oh, um, so, anyway, we, we do this every year. I think it's just a great, uh, a great way to start. Back to kind of what I said in, in 2010, we started these classes, and we would do, we would do them once a month uh, because, again, it was something people needed the most help with, and I'll just say this. It hasn't changed. It's still an area that we need a lot of help with, and this is a very simple statement that I'm going to make, but don't let the simplicity uh, kind of wash away the power of it. But God wants you to have peace in every single area of your life. God wants you to have peace. Now, don't think of the, uh, the word peace in maybe some of the ways you may have thought of before. The word peace means nothing missing, nothing broken. So what that means to us is God wants in every area of your life for nothing to be missing and nothing to be broken. He wants nothing missing and nothing broken in your marriage. He wants nothing missing and nothing broken in your finances. He wants nothing missing and nothing broken in your children's life and in the area of parenting. And that actually, as simple as that is, it flies in the face uh, and, and goes against some religious thinking. Religion would have you believe that sometimes God will make sure something's missing or something's broken to keep you humble. Can I just say there's a lot of other ways to keep someone humble? Can I just go ahead? Can I say it another way? when God's really, really good to you and you know you had nothing to do with it, you'll get really humble really quick. His goodness actually leads to humility. When you get what you don't deserve, humility comes. And I want to read something to you. This is an, uh, something the Lord just showed me, actually, not, just a couple of days ago, and I had no intention of really going this direction to start this series. Uh, but, and Josh kind of leaned into that and alluded to this. There's a very prophetic sense about today's service. He talks about every service has a different feel, and, and there's just a, a sense for every single service. But when I began to pr- prepare for this service today, I just got the sense that there was something very prophetic in nature. And you say, well, that, that's, that's unique prophecy. That's kind of weird. Can I just say this? It's very important that we don't take Bible words out of the Bible. It's funny how we'll get weird around a Bible word like prophecy. I'm like, oh, that's kind of strange. And yet Siri is perfectly normal to us. It's like you're talking to your phone and she has a girl's name in Siri, whoever named their kid Siri in the first place. And that's normal, yet prophecy is sometimes weird. Can I just tell you what prophecy, the, the heart of prophecy really is? It's for heaven to send a message to us that gives us courage to do what we're called to do on earth. That's really what it is. It's it's heaven breathing courage into your life or encouragement into your life. And I I want to read something in Luke chapter two. This is typically something you would read around Christmas. In Luke Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 4, it says, Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for him in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before him, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Take note of that. I bring you good tidings of great joy, and it will be to all people. Raise your hand if you're all people. Good. Good. Here. There we go. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, now take one small step back. An angel of the Lord is prophesying, is prophesying, is speaking into existence what was happening right now. He's prophesying, an angel from heaven is prophesying Jesus. He's prophesying to these shepherds, to, to saying, hey, you need to know what's happening right now. You need to know what is, what, what is coming down the pipe. But then I love it, it says, suddenly there was an angel, there was with that angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, now this is a prophetic declaration. It says, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill towards men. Jesus, these angels are prophesying the effects that Jesus is about to have on the planet. He's pro, these angels are declaring glory to God in the highest. In other words, Jesus will glorify God. He will bring glory to God. But on earth, he will bring peace, nothing missing, nothing broken, and goodwill to all mankind. First and foremost what Jesus came to do is to make sure that there was nothing missing and there was nothing broken in your life and that only good things were happening to you. I just felt strongly that we're supposed to declare, I was supposed to declare this over you today. If there's any area of your life where something is missing, something is broken, and something is not good, know this, it's not God and it's not over. If there's any area of your life where something's missing, something's broken, something's just not good. It's not God and it's not over. Here's how you connect your faith to that word. I just want us to take, just pause for just a second. It's very important before we go into the teaching today that you, you, we establish some, some aspects of the nature of God. You won't, you, won't, you won't live the life God's called you to live if you don't know who he really is. If you don't know that he wants nothing missing, nothing broken, and everything to be good in your life. Just right now in your mind, this is how you connect your, your life to the words of God. Right now, I want you to think of an area where there's something missing, there's something broken, there's just an area of your life that's just not good. Think of that right now. And now, in, now out loud, as you're thinking about this that thing in your mind, I want you to say this with me out loud. This is not God. And it's not over yet. One more time. This is not God. And it's not over yet. But I want you to take that home with you. Take that home. With, that's how you attach your faith to the word of God. If the angels, if the heavens declared this about Jesus, then you have to declare this about Jesus over your own life. Attach yourself and connect your faith with what he came to do. Amen? Nothing missing, nothing broken. I'll, I'll just say this, and we're, that was kind of of a, if you want to call it of a more spiritual nature, but I want to kind of get a little more, bit more natural with that. Nothing affects the peace, the nothing missing, nothing broken. Nothing affects the peace of a home like marriage, parenting, and finances. When marriage isn't good, home ain't good. When finances aren't good, home isn't good. You can even have those two things together, but if things are going on with your kiddos, home is just not, home is just not good. Things are not, something's missing, something's broken. And I just, I want to take a journey today. We're actually going to start with parenting today. We're going to talk about parenting and how to bring peace to our home uh, through the area of parenting. And if you got your Bibles, you can turn to first, excuse me, First Timothy chapter three. Uh, first Timothy chapter three and the things that we're going to read in First Timothy chapter three. Uh, and I would just encourage, if you didn't bring a Bible, pull out, your, pull out your phone. Even if you're actually on Instagram, at least look like you're following along. It just does something for the person sitting next to you. They think you're more spiritual. Now you start thinking you're more spiritual, and it just seems to work. But uh, follow along in Scripture. See those words so you know and I'm, not, I'm not telling you a lie. Uh, 1 Timothy 3 is actually a passage of Scripture uh, that I talk to. Typically, I talk to uh, staff that I hire uh, uh, around this scripture, in fact, every pastor that i 've ever hired, uh, this is one of the things that we talked about we talk about, and First Timothy three it outlines these requirements of a biblical leader. as we read these i 'll just be honest with you uh, it 's going to be hard at times to stay not to stay out of judgment because um, historically we have not held biblical leaders to the standard of the Bible. We've held them to a standard completely different. As long as they were gifted, they got a shot. As long as they could make a crowd laugh, they got a shot. If they, if they had great communication skills, if they were great preachers, they got a shot in ministry. If they were, if they were great vocally, if they, if they had an amazing voice or amazing on an instrument, or, we looked at certain skill sets that they had. And if those skill sets were good enough, they were promoted into leadership and ministry, and I'm, 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 I'm honestly pretty convinced that one of the things that the church is suffering from the most right now is a distaste for church because of church leadership. Most of you in here, if you've been in church, how many of you guys have been in church for most of your life? You would just, whatever that means to you, you've been in and around church most of your life. So that's most of us. Now, of those of you that raised your hand, how many of you have encountered a, 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 uh, a poor spiritual leader? I just, just admit it. Tell the truth. Keep your hand up if you're talking about me. (laughs) I just need to see who we're kicking out of the church today. (laughs) Church leadership has left, some church leadership has left a bad taste about the church in the the mouths of Christians, and so a lot of people are disconnected from church, something that the scripture tells us to don't don't disconnect from. It says, forsake not the assembling together with believers. We've, We've left the church because of church leadership, and I'm fully convinced that if we held the standard of church leadership to the Bible standard of church leadership, we wouldn't have nearly this many problems, and so I've told every, every, every pastor that works for me, I said, look, there's the Bible right here in 1 Timothy 3, it talks about biblical leadership, uh, if you re, as we read through this, you'll see what I'm saying, it talks about marriage, parenting, and finances, marriage, parenting, and finances, and I just say, look, if I don't have access into th- these three areas into your life, in other words, if I can't talk to you about your marriage, if I can't talk to you about your kids, if I can't talk to you about your money, then I can't do the job that I'm called to to help keep the standard of the church. And so if this is not an okay thing for you, then you just need to find somewhere else to work. Seem fair enough? It's The Bible seems fair enough to me. So, uh, so hey, there's good news. Any person you see on our staff, they've said yes to this. So that's, that's a good thing. But I want to read this because, can I just say this? Anything that's a requirement for church leadership... Is the target for everybody else. If something is the requirement, in other words, if the Lord says, this is the requirement for someone to be a leader in the church, why he wants them to have this down in their life is because he wants them to take you there too. So this is why it's a requirement for church leadership. Check this out. 1 Timothy 3, chapter, chapter 3, verse 1 says, this is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, which is just a leader, he desires a good work. A bishop must then be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous, and one who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care Of the church of God. I want to read this again because verse 4, I'm reading this from the New King James Version, but I want to insert the King James Version words, the original words that were used here. New King James says it this way One who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. The, the, The King James uses the word subjection with all gravity, having your kids in subjection with all gravity. When you look up that word subjection in, in the Greek, this word subjection actually is a military term. It's a term used for those who are under, under submission, under authority in the military. This word with all gravity, uh, the word gravity means in harmony with. And I'll read you even more of the definition of subjection. It says an attitude of giving in, cooperating, assuming responsibility, and carrying a burden. Word gravity, in harmony with. So if you read this definition, uh, and you read the whole definition in place of the words, here's what the Bible says about a, a biblical leader. A biblical leader is one who keeps his children in a place in an attitude of giving in, cooperating, assuming responsibility, and carrying their burden in harmony with. With their parents, in harmony with their parents, and we're going to get to harmony later. But can I, can I just be honest with you? There's times I don't care how good a parent you are. There is times when you like, my family ain't singing no harmony right now. <laughs> in fact, my kid don't even know how to sing apparently, because <laughs> they're crazy. I told my daughters I was going to give them a little jab this morning, but it's just funny because this, as you're parenting, things just you're just surprised and, and things just strike you as funny. And this morning, I'm, I'm having to play like an extra role of, of dad. I'm having to pick up some slack for mom because uh, as, as many of you know, uh, 10 days ago, we had the most beautiful baby on the planet. And uh, baby Evan, Leanne's just still home taking care of her. And so she's just born, but we, it's kind of a starting over because we have a, a nine and a 13-year-old. And they have kind of a, a way of doing things. Uh, with Leanne in the mornings. In the morning, they get up. They all go to Starbucks. They get their lattes. They get their danishes. They kind of got their own little system. Daddy don't roll like that. <laughs> I, I bought a coffee pot. We make our own co- coffee. And, <laughs> and so uh, it was just funny this morning because um, they're, they're, I'm, I'm in charge of the kids, and so we're getting ready to go. And they're like, Dad, can we go to Starbucks? I was like, no. And my oldest asked me. She kind of knew where this was heading because we went through this already once before last week. She's like, hey, Dad, can we go to Starbucks? No. She, can you make me a latte? I was like, I don't have time. I told you we were leaving two minutes ago. We're leaving right now. And my youngest, it was just funny, because she said, well, we're not going to Starbucks? <laughs> and I was like, no, we're not going to Starbucks. And, it's like, and then I hear Leanne from the living room. She's feeding the baby, and she's like, just, just get you a water and a banana. And she, it was like sheer confusion overtook her. W- water? A, a-, a banana? I-, I can't go to church and learn about the Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, with just a b- banana in my stomach? <laughs> and something about it just struck me as funny, so I harassed them all the way here. They hated me when we got out of the truck. We crossed, we were on the interstate, we crossed Midland Drive, and we're passing the Starbucks, and I was like, Don't look to, to your right, girls, it's Starbucks. <laughs> we were not in harmony this morning (laughs) that was funny Susanna's like Daddy please don't tell that story (laughs) sorry subjection A a a a a biblical leader and again just throw that biblical leader out if a biblical leader if this is the requirement for a biblical leader it is the target for everyone else This is our target. This is our goal. The target and the goal with our kids is not to make sure that they got to experience all the things that we never got to as a kid. I'm amazed at how much energy and effort gets put into making sure your kids have all the things you wished you would have had when you were a kid. They got to be in all the leagues, all the little leagues that play on Mondays and Thursdays and Saturday mornings and Sunday evenings and then practice all the rest of the time. They get to be in all the things that you never got to be a part of. That they get all the opportunities. As if that is the goal when it comes to being a successful parent. As if someday we'll be able to look up and say, I did it right. I gave my kids all the opportunities that they wanted. All the opportunities that they needed. The Bible seemingly doesn't even care about that. seems to not even care about that. Here's what the Bible says. When it, you want to know if you're, if you're successfully parenting, if you're doing things God's way, are your children, and oh my God, our culture hates this word, are they in submission to you? Do they give in to you? Do they cooperate with you? Do they take responsibility, and are they in harmony with you? It's interesting that it uses this military language. There's military language all throughout the Bible when it, comes, uh, when it comes to parenting. In Proverbs, it says, train up a child in the way that they should go. And in the end, they won't depart from it. It, do- it says, train them, not give them opportunity. It doesn't even say love them. Now, we all know that love is the great, the great covering of all. <laughs> it doesn't even say that. It says, train them, train them. Some, some need to hear this. Did you know one of the attributes of the love of God is his correction? If I'm being 100% honest with you, when the, when the Lord began to speak to me and I got a real revelation of the grace of God, the love of God, I, 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 I swung a pendulum, and I believe to a certain degree it was right, I swung this pendulum over here to, the, to this love and the grace of God. And, I, and I'm, what I'm learning is, is there was a I didn't even really know this, to be honest with you. The the grace of God didn't make me want to start sinning more. I didn't use the grace of God as an excuse. I didn't use the love of God as an excuse to stop doing the things that the Bible said to do. Because, well, after all, he forgives me. After all, he loves me. And I'm just going to live over here in this love and forgiveness and do whatever the heck I want to do. It didn't impact me that way but I'm coming to, it's, I, it's becoming clear to me, I've talked to different church leaders, that some have misinterpreted the grace of God and the love of God as, for, as a, a get-out-of-jail-free card for the areas of their life that need some correction. Can I just say this? Because He's so gracious, and because He loves you so much, there will be times where He will correct you, because if you don't change the way you're living, sin will kill you. Sin will kill you. Kill you. And he doesn't want that, so he will bring some correction. Not condemnation, not shame, but correction. He wants that. And and, and there's there's this language in the Bible when it talks about parenting, about training, using military terms, subordinate, giving in. here's, Here's basically what that's saying As a parent, your job is to create an atmosphere where your kids have to give in to your will and walk away from their will. We joke, and we've all done it. We joke about, oh, man, my kid, he's just a strong-willed sucker. Anybody Any one of those kids? Let me just say this. They're all that way. Now, we we look at some that have the external strong will. They're gritting their teeth, and you reach over to grab them, and they jerk their arm away from you, and there's that version of it. But then I've learned there's a whole other version of it. And it's the sweet, pretty kind. Hey, honey, I want you to do this. And then they do something funny, whatever it is. And you're like, you know what? You're so cute, I can't tell you what to do. And inside, they're like, boom. (laughs) (laughs) Works every time. (laughs) Kids in subjection. Again, Remind yourself every time I say that word, subjection, submission. This is God's will for your parenting, that your kids are in subjection. Their kids are submitted to you. This means they have given up their will, and they have given in to yours. The Bible says this in in Psalms 37, verse 4. It says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Here's what he's saying. Now, let's let's take this. As adults, he's saying, find your delight, find joy in the fact that he's the boss. Not he's the Savior, not, not he's the loving Father. Find joy. Those are easy to find joy in. Oh, it's so amazing that he's my Savior. Oh, it's so amazing that he's my loving Father. My boss, it's so amazing that he's my Savior. It's so amazing that he's my Father. Find joy in the fact that he is the boss. Then, everybody say then. And not until then will he give you the desires of your heart. When you are submitted to his lordship and he's the boss, He is not afraid of what's in your heart. Submitting to his lordship is how you open up a whole new way of living where God says, do what's in your heart. See, here's the problem. This generation, we're telling them without submitting to anything, do what's in your heart. Just do do what's in your heart. (laughs) I feel like writing a blog. I'm 11 and I have so much to say I don't, that's the worst dancing I've ever done. in <laughs> Somebody said, amen. <laughs> we've, we've told them, if it's in your heart, it's who you are. If it's in your heart, it's who you really are. So be who you really are. Except for the fact that the Bible says foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. So all this expression of who we are, <laughs> let's just call it what it is. It's foolishness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, have a, we, have a, we have a culture coming up. And it, it's so easy. Can I just say this? It's so easy for us to point fingers at the millennial generation, the the some will, the snowflakes. That's what. Let's just say what it is. That's what the culture is calling them. But you know what the issue is? It ain't them. It's their parents. We, they were told just be who you are, but they never submitted. They never submitted to anything. No wonder we have a culture that's rising up against authority. And There's never been another time period in, in, the, in American history where it's been so acceptable to insult and humiliate the President of the United States of America. Mind you, he's making it hard at times. I'm like, come on, man. I'm trying to teach people how to submit to authority, and you're tweeting, What? I love what Josh said, he He said it a couple times, he said it the other day in our staff meeting, he said it the other day at a young adults, adults. he says, you you submit to authority because it's right, not because they're right. And yet we've empowered the opinions of our young people so much that we say, no, you just stand up for what's right, don't don't follow authority, If, if your opinion is different than theirs, then stand up and express your opinions and be who you are on the inside. This this rise, and I'm, I know I'm fixing to really get myself in trouble with what I'm about to say, but I really don't care. This rise of uh, an influx of LGBT rights, and and it seems like it seemed like one day there was nobody that was lesbian or homosexual, and now it's like everybody is. The is, here's the issue: we told them, if you feel it on the inside if that's what you feel on the inside, that must be who you are. And to deny you anything else is wrong. We're denying, we're denying these young people. We're denying these people who, they should get to love who they want to love. It all comes back to this. We were never told, first and foremost, before you are who you are, you are submitted to who He is. This, this, the, the culture we live in today they hate black and white rules. They hate it. They hate being told what to do. I, 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 when I was studying this, I, the Lord brought it back to my attention. Uh, when I was 12 years old, I got my first job as a, uh, working for my uncle, who's a professional horse trainer. and all of a sudden, in the middle of all this, he gave me this when I was studying last night, he reminded me of how we would break two-year-old colts when we first got them. and uh, and this will give you an idea of what this is supposed to look like. He, we would put, these, we'd put this, this two-year-old in a round pen, no bridle, no nothing. And my uncle would just run them in a circle. And every now and then, as they were going one direction, he would cut them off and have them turn and go the other way and just run them both. The, so what, what he was doing was forcing them to go the way he wanted them to go. And, and eventually, what he's looking for was that, and the horse, they're afraid of you at first. They're afraid of you. They're not submitted to you. There's none of, there's none of those things. So, when, 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 when you're running this horse, they'll keep their back to you. They'll, they'll be turned away from you. And he said, Day one, I'm just looking for any sign of him giving in to me. And he said, i just run him every direction. So, all of a sudden, he'd turn and look at me. He said, Day one, if I can just get one eye, we're making progress. One eye saying, What do you want me to do next? He said, But eventually, I want that horse to give, give me two eyes. And, and, and what he would do is, I, would, I remember watching this as a, as a kid. I would watch him, and he would, I mean, he would be so aggressive, and he'd run it, but as soon as that horse would turn his face, he'd just sit down in the middle of the round pen. Like, we're good. We're good. I just needed to see that you're, you're looking to me for instruction. You're looking to me for direction. He said, and the goal was eventually, I wanted one eye to start with. Then I want two eyes. Then I want the whole face. Then I want that horse facing me. And eventually, I know I'm ready to go. When that horse doesn't just face me, he starts walking to me. What is that, what is that horse saying? I'm with you. I'm with you. And, I, and I'll tell you, that, that would help us so much, just that visual. Sometimes with our kids, because some of you are like, my gosh, my kids will burn this house down if I start enforcing some of these rules. And they might. <laughs> just going to throw that one out there. Can I, can I just say this? Don't, don't, we're not trying to rebuild Rome in a day, so to speak. Parenting's a journey. It's a marathon. It doesn't, doesn't happen overnight, especially if you haven't been doing this since they're young. But just implement some things in your house where you're looking for that kid to just turn and, and, and submit some part of their life to you. And as soon as they do, take the pressure off. And then the next time they do it, ask a little more from them. And then as soon as they give it, take the pressure off. What are you doing? You're showing them a submitted life is a life with less pressure. A rebellious, I will do what I want to do life, it's just going to bring pressure. It's just going to bring pain. It's just going to bring heartache. But why? Why? I love this. I love asking the question, Why? Why? Why is this the way to parent? Why is this the way that we should, we, we should be training our kids? Why is it so important that they're submitted to us? Why is it so important that if I can just snap my finger? That's one of the, uh, even in my house, that's one of the goals we had as kids. I didn't want to have to yell at my kids. Two snaps and I need to see little gopher heads pop up looking for instructions. That's some of my friends. They've been there, they've seen it. I... <laughs> okay, just checking. <laughs> I need some ice cream, go give me some. <laughs> <laughs> but why why is that so important? Why am I why am I looking for such a quick response to authority? Because if you can't if you can't respond to external pressure, you'll never respond to internal pressure. This is what Galatians says right here. Galatians 5:22 and 23 says this, but the fruit of the spirit. In other words, the evidence that you're walking with the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And how the heck did this get in here? Self-control? A fruit? Uh, it says, against such there is no law. A fruit of the spirit, uh, of the spirit, in other words, a fruit of walking with the Holy Spirit is you're in control of yourself. And, and notice what it says here. Against such there is no law. There's no law against doing those things, in other words. But can I just take it a step further? There's also no law that says you have to. there's There's no external pressure saying you have to be kind. There's no external pressure that says you have to be patient. Where does that pressure come from, apparently? The Holy Spirit. Jesus told his disciples one time, if I try to tell you earthly things and you can't get them, how the heck are you supposed to get spiritual things? In the same way, if your kids don't learn to respond... external pressure and submit to external pressure, they will never listen to the still small voice on the inside of them that's leading and guiding them to all truth, that's showing them things to come, that's walking with them in every single area of life. Jesus told his disciples, it's the best thing for you that I leave so that I can send you something better called the Holy Spirit of God. Jesus was the external force. It came first. After that, he said, I'm going to give you something better. I'm going to give you you something internal. The original laws were written on tablets of stone. The new covenant laws are written on tablets of flesh. As new covenant Christians, we're called to live from the inside out, not the outside in. But if you don't learn to respond to the easy in your face, mom said don't do this, dad said don't touch this, if they don't learn to respond to this, they'll never quieten their soul enough to hear what Holy Spirit's saying. Why do we want them submitted? Why do we want them in subjection? Why do we want them giving in to their will? Because we want to raise sons and daughters that follow the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. Here's what the Scripture says. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the real sons of God. Do you want to raise real sons of God? Do you want to raise real children of God? Then you have to prepare them to be led internally. And if they can't pass the test of being led externally, They'll never pass the test of being let in. I'll close with this because the last word there is in. With the, it talks about with gravity, with all gravity. That word gravity means in harmony with. In other words, you want your kids subjected to giving in, cooperating, carrying their burden, taking responsibility, and walking with you, in harmony with you. Now this is going to sound pretty harsh, but it is what it is. You got to answer the question first: Do you even want your kids walking with you? In other words, is walking with you, does it look like walking with God? Are we the generation that says, do as I say, not as I do? Would you even want your kids following in your footsteps? The first step to being a good parent is just being good, (laughs) being a follower, being submitted yourself to the Word of God. Can I just say, you have no authority in the area of submission to authority if you're not under authority yourself. If this word is not the final authority in your life, then you're not the final authority in your kid's life. It's just the truth. The goal is having your kids subjected to your will, submitted to you, but not just submitted to you, in harmony with you. Home is supposed to be a beautiful song of all the family going in the same direction. All the family singing the same song. All the family abiding by the same values. It's real hard to get your kids to talk nice to each other if you don't talk nice to their mother. It's real hard to ask your kids to respect their coaches and their teachers if every time they get home, they're listening to you disrespect their coaches, their teachers, your husband, your boss, Every other area of authority. Ask yourself the question: do you even want your kids in harmony with you? Or are you like, actually, I would rather than be in harmony with someone else? <laughs> Nothing will change the course of history faster than parenting the way God tells us to parent. Nothing will do it. When they say the average household has 2.1 kids or something crazy like that. It's like, how do you have 0.1 kids? But but the we say that's the average. If, if e- each of you makes a decision to do things God's way, parent God's way, one now affects 2.1. And all of a sudden, exponential change begins to happen in our culture. I'll tell you, this matters more to me than it's ever mattered. Because I, I got two girls, 13. I got three girls, two girls, 19, 13 and nine, and one on the way, one growing up. And I'm sitting there asking myself the question. Dating years are coming, crushes are happening. I'm trying not to have this emotion on the inside of me to kill every kid, every boy that even glances at my daughters. But the truth of the matter is, I'm, I'm dealing with it better than I thought I would because <laughs> I hadn't killed one yet. Um. <laughs> but I'm just being honest with you. I'm looking, I'm like, where are the parents raising their kids like I am? And I'm not bragging on me. I got, I, trust me, I got, we got Starbucks going on. We got. I, I, nobody's perfect. It's a process. But what I'm saying is I'm looking for where are the ones who are keeping their 13-year-old boy in submission? Where are those at? We have a responsibility first to be submitted first, individually first, submitted to this first, Submitted to God first, submitted to the Holy Spirit first. We can't ask our kids to be in harmony with us if we're not in harmony with God. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at renewlifechurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, our app is available for download so that you can stay up to date. Again, we are so glad you joined us. If you're in the Midland-Odessa area, we invite you to come be our guest at one of our services. Have a great day, and we hope to see you soon.